Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Will with ScheduleFly, and I'm excited today to have Graham Worth on the phone. Uh, Graham is a partner at The Common Market. Uh, they have three locations here in Charlotte. They've got a phenomenal reputation, and uh, they've been around where well, their first one started, I think, in 2002, and uh, now they've got three, and they're, they're looking to to continue to grow. But uh, great brand, great reputation here. Graham's an awesome dude. Graham, thanks for taking the time to do this today, man. Absolutely. I'm pumped to be on and uh, love just chatting about uh, our world. Well, tell me about your world, man. How did you get, when did you first get into hospitality? I uh, entered this world, uh, it was almost uh, two and a half years ago. Um, I was having coffee actually at the common market in South End, and I was um, looking to be a part of a small local business trying to understand that world, help it grow. I came from a background of real estate and finance, so the exact opposite of um, stock and chips and drinks. Um, but it, uh, I was having coffee there, and uh, the guy I was having coffee with knew one of the um, current owners of Common Market, and he offered to introduce me. Um, so got to talking to them and uh, worked out something where um, they let me buy in uh, to the business, and it's been uh, – a great experience since then. All right, dude. You were doing real estate and finance, and now you're. Do- what happened? Uh, I like to say I was a uh, reformed banker. Uh, <laughs> it was, um, you know, it, it was something for me. I've always wanted to do something on my own and kind of find something um, that I knew if I was busting my tail, uh, you know, it would eventually trickle down to me at the end as opposed to. Uh, someone else. And, you know, this just kind of presented a perfect opportunity. Uh, when I was talking with Chuck and Blake, Blake is the original, uh, founder and then Chuck started uh, South end. And when I was talking to them, they were like, we, you know, we don't have the energy to get back in this. And, you know, as Chuck like to put it, worry about the broken pipes, you know, but if you want to come in here and energize that and reopen this, then, uh, you know, we're happy to, uh, to work with you and work something out. Um, and I just looked at it as a great opportunity um, to to get in with a with a local brand that had a lot of goodwill within the community and kind of a strong following from its uh, customer base. And it was something that was new and different. And I frankly, I've, uh, I've never looked back in in terms of my former career to to this. How long were you? How were you, how long were you in real estate and finance? So I was in uh, I was in real estate for the first four years um, out of school, and then I was uh, I lived actually in New York and did uh, investment banking up there for a couple of years. Yeah, um, and went and worked, uh, moved back to Charlotte uh, in 2014 to work for a startup, and I was in the building about a month, and I looked around and I said, "This company's definitely going to go bankrupt." Uh, <laughs> so I started. Um, kind of looking at all types of small businesses and I was, um, looked at everything you could possibly imagine. Um, and you know, it just happened to end up, uh, in this situation because I was having coffee and I was actually telling the guy I was having coffee with what I was trying to do. And that's when he offered to introduce me to Chuck and Blake. Okay, cool, man. Okay. This is cool. I mean, I really, this is a subject, uh, uh, we won't dive too deep. I want to talk about the common market, but I do think it's relevant because you, um, you know, I, st- I started out out of college uh, in banking too, and and uh, found that that wasn't you know fairly early on. After a few years of that, I realized I wasn't cut out for corporate America. I needed to do something smaller and so forth. But you know, I tip my hat because I think a lot of a lot of folks that uh, get up there and get to New York and are doing investment banking and are dialed in, it they get too far along 
Um, and you may have seen this too, but some folks just get too far along down the road. Maybe they get married, have kids or whatever, and then they, they're not really fulfilled, don't really love what they do, but they're making good money and they feel like they don't only have an out at that point. Um, and, uh, so it sounds like you realize that early enough to make a change. And I would imagine your, your days are, uh, much more fulfilling and meaningful now. If I, yeah, if I could assume yeah. that. They call it, uh, I think they call it the golden handcuffs, basically. Golden handcuffs. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, makes sense. You're sitting there, and and at (laughs) a certain point, you're looking around the room, and you're like, what am I going to leave, you know, that's going to pay me more? And for me, it just wasn't about, you know, the money. It was about some type of fulfillment that I could have personally. Um, And and it's interesting. I had people, uh, some of my friends in banking, and I've talked to them, and they're like, oh, you know, this is really cool that you went out and kind of did this. Like, you know, I'm thinking about doing the same thing. I was like, that's great. Um, are you planning to tell your wife and your kids at home that you're not going to have a job for at least six months, maybe a year? Right. Well, right. well, no. Uh, okay. Well, you know, you, you might want to consider that and, you know, think about what that's going to be like. I was in the, <laughs> I call it fortunate position of having, no other obligations uh, in my yeah. life at the time when I started this. And that was kind of a, a critical factor, I feel like, especially for me to um, know that there weren't other people directly relying on me for, you know, uh, for my some type of income or t- for support. And um, it, that really uh, enabled me to kind of freelance and kind of look around at a lot of different things, which I think was um, kind of crucial. But, you know, to your point, there's a certain conscious decision that you come to in your life that you, you uh, feel like you need to understand what is going to make you happy or what you really want to accomplish. And for me, it was not in the world of banking. And there are plenty of people, you know, who love that. And it's a, it's a great industry to be in for the right people. It just wasn't, wasn't right for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's cool. Well, congratulations on that, man. And you may, you know, it's the, um, and it's not just the financial part of that. It's the, I mean, when you get started with something like that, you're, um, I mean, you're, you're hustling hard. Like it's a lot oh, of absolutely. hours and you're dealing with stuff constantly. And I mean, I know that doesn't, that doesn't ever really change. I mean, that's just kind of ongoing in, in, in the world that you're in, but it's a, it's something that, you know, don't think that, uh, it's going to be, you know, a, uh, nine to five or even, you know, eight to seven kind of thing. It's, it's kind of 24, seven, 365, isn't it? Absolutely. And, uh, Chuck, um, who started the South end store here, uh, sent me a little, uh, text message the other day that said, the only thing more overrated than natural childbirth is owning your own business. <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that. Cause, um, you know, the, in, while there are, uh, you know, payoffs in terms of what you can do and expect and working in a, you know, nine to five job or owning your own business, you know, for me, there there is no out of office reply, right? Right. That's right. At the right. end of the day, that's that's coming on me, no matter where I am. So yep. there's a certain element of that that um, you gain by getting involved and working for yourself and getting involved with your own business that you would never have, um, you know, when you have retirement benefits and health insurance. You know, there, there's a peace of mind to that, absolutely. Um, but you know, I, I think there are that that is certainly an element where people highly underestimate the amount of work it takes. And I didn't underestimate that. I knew it was going to be a lot, whatever endeavor I kind of followed up on, but it was the, um, you know, I had worked a hundred hour weeks on wall street. Sure, That was, I knew exactly what it was. And so for me, it was like, 
I'm going to work this much. I might as well work this much for myself for yourself. versus yeah. for someone else. There so, you, I, you know, th- I, I think that's the other characteristic that you bring up that a lot of people underestimate um, how much work is really involved in something like this. Yeah. It, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, we've been doing this for, gosh, 10, 11 years now. And uh, I'm still like I'd, I've never had an auto uh, auto reply uh, wherever I am. I actually like, kind of had a bit of a panic attack this past spring. We, we took the kids on a uh, Disney cruise and they told us we'd have Wi-Fi and we we didn't. I mean, we sort of did, but. Oh, it man. would just flake out. And I was like the first time where I was like, didn't know what was going on. And I, I just kind right. of freaked out about it. And, uh, I mean, it was fine, but you know, it, but the, I guess my point is, um, I think when you're doing something that's yours, it, you know, that can get tiring at, at times, but then again, like it's yours and you, you kind of want to always know it. It's like your kid yeah, or something like you, you don't mind it cause it matters so much and it's, you've poured so much into it. Like you just want it to always go right and you know make sure things are going well and you don't mind having to stop what you're doing to take care of something or whatever else which is you know whereas when you're working for somebody else in a big company you kind of feel like dude when i'm out of here i don't want to be bothered with yeah i don't care right you're not not my issue (laughs) right there was uh i i had an issue i mean i was uh, out of town recently in, in the same scenario and i don't have kids but um i have nieces and nephews and i babysat for them and i know that when that room is quiet and something's going on, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> if you don't hear from two kids under five years old in the room, then there's some mischief going on. And, you know, I was away from the business for about a week and I didn't hear anything from common market. And I had that exact same feeling like what is going on right now? I feel like someone should have reached out to me about something at right. this point, but yeah. um, I, I completely echo that sentiment in terms of, um, you know, you, you are, you are fully invested and you want to be involved in all times and it, it makes it harder to kind of step away from it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, okay. So tell me about, I mean, I know about, but tell our audience, like you tell about the common market with the concept and what you guys are doing. And, um, you've got, you went from one location to two, you've got three now, right? Yep. That's right. We just opened our third about two months ago. Um, it, we actually reopened it. It was a store that exists in South end for about eight years. Um, and it got torn down by beautiful development that is engrossing Charlotte right now. Mm. Um, but you know, when we talk about common market, I, uh, it, it's really hard to classify it. And, and the best description I like to give is that common market is a retail experience. I do not think of the common market as a deli or a wine store, or a beer store, or a bar or a coffee place. And it's really interesting when you're asking someone what common market is, you get all these different responses. Yeah. Um, it is not specifically a place to grab lunch or, um, you know, uh, something that uh, where you go have a beer, where you buy your beer. It is that specifically to different people, but, you can say what common market is to you and you get an exact opposite response from someone else. Um, so for those of you who've never been common market is uh, a combination of all those things I just mentioned, um, in a very quirky, uh, environment. Um, you know, we like to think of our spaces as the, the highest compliment you could give one of our spaces is that your friends are coming in from another town and that's where you'd want to show them. 
because you know it's going to be unique. You know it's going to be something different that's maybe they don't have in their hometown and something that's a good reflection of kind of the culture and the community that Charlotte has in different pockets. So that's kind of what we're targeting for an overall when, you know, when someone asks me what common market is, that's what it is to us. Chuck calls it the neighborhood living room. I but love it. Neighborhood that's living what room. We're, yeah, we're trying to be a place that you gather as a community and do whatever you like to do at common market. That's have a coffee, have a meeting, eat lunch, have a beer. You know, it, we just offer the different variables for you to kind of get together and interact with different people. Well, I think that I love the concept, man. There, um, and I, people are looking for that more and more these days, I think, you know, just a place to go hang out, um, Absolutely. And see the same people often or daily or whatever it is, a place that you literally feel like you could go any day and they know you and, and, uh, you know, the people that work there, you know, the people that are, that are customers there. And, um, that's been lost a lot, but you don't see that as much now, but yep. that doesn't mean that people don't. In fact, they need it more now, I think, almost uh, than ever. I, I agree. Uh, I agree, Holy Will. And I think the, the, the area where it comes up the most and where we saw it come up the most was um, when the South End store closed in August of 2016. Um, you talk, we talked to some of the old customers. And uh, the most interesting thing that kind of came out of that is, like, they lost relationships and connections with people that – they didn't even know their name, but they knew they came to common market, you know, Mondays or Fridays or whatever. And right. they were, they were friends with them. They had connections with them without really even knowing their name. And, you know, to, to have a place that kind of supports that type of environment is, you know, a great target for a business to accomplish because you're not simply serving the neighborhood, which is ultimately our underlying goal, but everyone can come in and serve the neighborhood in one way or the other. But to provide a arena where people feel like they can connect with other people and build friendships is, um, you know, that's something that's special and, and builds a, a loyal following, not just a loyal customer. Yes. Loyal following, not just, a, I like it, man. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, well, hey, okay, so before we started recording, you and I were talking, about, we were talking about, you're from Raleigh, we were talking about a place in Raleigh that, um, that you know, I, I found out yesterday is having to move because their lease uh, wasn't, you know, the, the owner of the building didn't renew it. I mean, they're in a great location. I'm sure it's going to be really challenging for them. They know where they're moving, but it's a totally different area. It's going to be a different demographic, blah, blah. But that part of this is, uh, I find to be fascinating is the, the you know, and the economics can be tough sometimes, uh, but the lease versus buy um, part of the conversation. And w- tell me your thoughts on that and how you all have approached it and what you've learned and how you might approach it, you know, going forward. Yeah, um, I, it's an interesting question. You know, the way that that um, we kind of look at it is there is um, there's an element of of leasing that, you know, you're effectively going in, renting someone's house for 10 years, redoing it for them, and then potentially handing back the keys and, you know, losing a customer base along the way. So, uh, you know, I think especially with what happened in South End, um, you know, they tore the building down, built a big office tower there. Um, There's an element of it that kind of leaves you emotionally drained, you know, speaking specifically about the reference you just made to the business in Raleigh, right? You spend all this time and energy building something and just to know that at some point someone can just have the ability to say, yeah, you're, you know, for whatever reason, you're not going to, we're not going to re- renew this lease. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's kind of a gut check and it, and it really makes you go back to your roots and really figure out if this is something you honestly want to be in, right? Because you're pouring years of your life into building this and only to be ripped away. So, uh, you know, going forward, we've kind of looked at it um, more from a uh, ownership perspective with the real estate um, and try to um, kind of build the community around you with the people you want around you, right? You know, the, yeah. the certain certain tenants and certain people that would work great with the common market. Um, and so our focus going forward is more from that perspective and having just more control and destiny over, over the real estate and the, and the leases that we, that we're going to be involved in. And maybe if you, I mean, I mean, does that, does that limit you though? I mean, does that, because, you know, I mean, real estates, I mean, especially in Charlotte, I mean, commercial real estate ain't ain't cheap. Um, It's not cheap. And um, I, I think, the short answer is yes, it does. But, um, you know, there, there are other economics involved that, um, you know, banks, uh, in general love an owner occupied business. Yeah. Right? True. Okay. <laughs> because you're, you're going to be busting your tail to figure out one way or the other to make this work, you know, right. uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, looking at a building where there are three tenants and you don't really know if they're going to work. And frankly, they don't really care because they're just going to throw you the keys at the end. And then you may have to redo it if you just own the building. So um, there are some limiting factors uh, involved with it, but uh, you know, that that's still um, going to kind of remain uh, as a focus and, and something um, as we want to look to move forward. And the other thing I think you said that's interesting, um, you know, I think there are a lot of areas outside of major metropolitan areas that um that a common market would work great in and um there you know the real estate is not nearly as expensive um and so that that's one area that we've kind of looked around and uh, tried to target um because we don't really feel like we have to be in the middle of it all to be successful um i think if you go to a smaller community show a um you know purpose of investment and a commitment to the community and helping, you know, not just provide services, but providing a platform for it to come together. I think, um, I I think there's a lot of value in that. That is oftentimes underlooked by, you know, the bigger picture developers and real estate people. Well, smaller communities, people are connect. I mean, there you're connected to the community itself as a whole. Whereas maybe in Charlotte, you know, Charlotte has grown and grown. I mean, I've been here my whole life pretty much. It's expanded. And it used to be that you were kind of connected to Charlotte. Now you're kind of connected to where you live in Charlotte. And uh, Absolutely. the city's gotten so big, it's kind of colossal. It's hard to really connect as much on the city level, maybe. Whereas you take some outerlying towns. I mean, I don't know if Fort Mill or Rock Hill around here or right. Gastonia or something where people are still dialed into that community itself. Um, and they're, they're – uh, yeah, I think I see what you're. Well, I totally see what you're saying. I mean, they, they, well, and I, I think that we've we've been seeing that um, on a smaller scale uh, with our store on um, Monroe Road. Um, yeah. You know, we went over there into the Oakhurst uh, community, uh, and there's Echo Hills. There are a lot of Stonehaven. There are a lot of areas around there, um, and it was it was really under severely underserved from a retail perspective, um, and I think there's a level of appreciation. Um, from our customers over there that, you know, we came over there, uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on and we've built a really great relationship with our customers over there. You walk in there 
um, you know, four or five nights a week and you see the same people hanging out and mm-hmm. it's great. You know, the people have actually built friendships through yeah. a common market, yep. um, as opposed to, um, just kind of the nine to five going to work, not really connecting with what you have on a hyper local level. Sure. Sure. Soft beaches sometimes are good. I mean, you, you're not, uh, not going in the middle of everything else and where everybody else is going and trying to serve, you know, I mean, the, the more competition there is, in a, you know, for a certain audience, then uh, there's there's other areas of town that don't get, you know, like you said, that are yeah. underserved. So that's yeah, and I, and I think that's but they the, still have that know, same need, right? They still have the exact same need, but it, it's also, um, you know, when you go into that community uh, that has fifty other options, um, you know, how are you distinguishing yourself? Yeah, and that is, you know, that's that's what it gets to because. Um, you know, anyone can come in and offer the same thing, but what is going to build customers for you? And that is a, um, you know, that's a, that's a thing that we're constantly trying to focus on as a, as a business. How do you, um, do your staff typically come from the surrounding area? Like, how do you find people, good people? (laughs) Um, yes. So, uh, it's interesting. Our, Our staff is, um, oftentimes, um, not, you know, immediate local, but a, a lot of times our staff comes from somewhat local areas. Um, I, I think we get, uh, we have a lot, we have a great staff who, um, you know, we try to create an environment that they enjoy working in. And uh, we offer a lot of freedoms within that. What do you, what do you uh, mean by that? You can wear what you want to gotcha. common market to work. Um, our staff chooses our music on a daily basis. They have access to um, you know, cause we like to have that as a partial reflection of the store, right? Is the people who work there. It shouldn't be a complete, uh, separation, um, from, and I feel like that's the best way, uh, you can kind of connect with a lot of the customers. We have, I think five different, uh, staff members. There might be more, I might be missing one or two, but that are in bands or musicians in the Charlotte area. Um, and so you have a lot of people who walk in and, uh, Kind of connect with these people like wait a second didn't i see you play the other night uh at, you know wherever um so I, I think that's kind of uh an interesting aspect as as well um in, in that we try to hire a very diverse um and kind of uh diverse from kind of their uh, both the background and a lot of them have other jobs and it's kind of interesting to see how um that can sometimes intertwine uh, with common market. We have, we've had our staff bands play at our stores before. So, you know, it's, um, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's sometimes hard, but we, we oftentimes get a lot of, um, good walk-in or referral customers because people enjoy, um, I, I think enjoy the latitude that we give some of our employees. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, okay. So you guys are, you know, you're looking to grow. Uh, how do you balance the right amount of growth with not losing the authenticity and genuine approach that you guys have clearly had, um, so far? Right. That, that is, um, I would say that's one of the harder things to do. Right. Um, you know, there are, uh, there are, other concepts, you know, similar to common market in Charlotte. And, um, we've, we've taken a very measured approach to what we do. And this goes back to 
um, the common market feeling like it can be unique among its peers. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, what's your barrier to entry in this business? There's not a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, you can walk in our store, turn around, open a store and sell the exact same things. Right. Um, and so I, I think that one of the biggest things we focus on is the actual interiors of our store and, and making those feel authentic. Um, I had a guy tell me uh, once, he was like, I now realize why people like to come in common market because they see all the crap that's in their basement attic that they're trying to get rid of and you guys put it up on the wall. <laughs> that's awesome. To a certain degree, that's exactly right. You know, there, there's uh, there's an air of n- n- uh, kind of a nostalgic feel um, when people come into our stores because we have old kind of weird things, quirky things. Um, and I had a customer tell me the other day, he's like, I love coming here because every day, every time I come, I see something that I did not see the time before. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you need to feel refreshed on a retail experience. And that's what I keep harping on and going back to, you know, what makes you want to keep going back Things get stale over time. You know, if you're just walking in the same place, ordering the same thing, you don't feel like you have a different experience. Then ultimately, I feel like that falls out of favor. Certainly not for everyone, but for some people. Um, And, you know, the ultimate goal is to have a very high customer retention rate and not just based on a location, but based on a loyalty, right? That you're willing to pay more. You're willing to, you know, go there over somewhere else because you enjoy what the company stands for. You enjoy what it kind of means and, and you like the overall environment involved. And if you're just creating something that's offers the exact same thing in a stale or sterile environment, then um, I feel like that, that can be challenging to kind of distinguish, distinguish yourselves uh, going forward. So, uh, you know, We've looked, we've had tons of people approach us about different locations, but, uh, you know, anything that's brand new, we essentially just wipe off the list because it, it doesn't really fit our brand. It doesn't, you know, we don't want to feel like we're going into something that is very shiny with floor to ceiling windows and, you know, marble countertops. It's just not us. Yep. Um, and so we're very particular and measured about those steps to ensure that we're not, um, you know, hurting the overall brand or the, the, the reputation. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. Yeah. It's a tricky balance for sure. Um, just so much to, so much to think through as you, as you go through that process. But, um, man, you, you clearly, I mean, y'all, I, I really love the approach y'all have taken and it seems like a very stepwise and measured approach. And, um, you know who you are, you know, you know, I mean, the fact that you're ruling out these locations immediately says a lot about just knowing what works and what won't work. And, um, I just, I'm thankful that y'all are here, man. I need to, I definitely want to, <laughs> I mean, I definitely need to get by and hang out soon. I wish you were, I wish y'all had one out close to where I am, but, uh, um, but I, I love the concept. I, I really admire what you've done personally, um, in your career, man. And I just really wish you a lot of success as y'all continue to, to grow and build that business. And, uh, but you clearly have a, just a very authentic, um, genuine passion for what you're doing, Graham, I can tell that. And it, it just comes across really easily. Um, it, hearing you talk about it, man, it's inspiring and just, I love hearing the story and I love what y'all are doing. So thank you very, very much for taking the time to do this today, man. 
Absolutely, and I, I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on. It, it's always fun to kind of uh, chat with people about it, and um, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, listen, you all, you know where I am. If I can ever do anything for you, we appreciate the chance to serve you all very much, uh, and thank you very much for doing this, man. Awesome. Thanks again. All right. Take care. All right.